the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Liberty in America is under assault. We no longer live in a reality that includes property rights. We're no longer the kings of our own castle. We no longer enjoy the true benefits of capitalism. Instead, we're negotiating our rights with our own government. This isn't how our country was founded. These aren't the ideas of our founders. It's time to seize back our country. This is the Liberty Hour, where these important issues will be discussed for the sake of America's future. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Constitution in the other, here's your host, Sean Thompson. This is the Liberty Hour. Live, baby, in the middle of a pandemic. Myself, my man, Macbeth. We fear, we don't have any fear for the virus. Now, obviously, it's hard when you're inundated with media. I mean, I've never seen anything like it. The lack of specificity focused merely on numbers without any perspective, without any information. And, uh... It was nice, though, McBeth, I have to say, it was super nice to see that the Democrats, the Illinois Democrats, they, uh, they were very upset about a baby passing away. It's the first time in modern times I've seen it where they haven't wanted me to pay for the actual assassination of the baby. So let's, we'll take our, our small little victories. And I also saw something that I found very interesting. I saw bipartisan hatred for a politician, and I was wondering what could it possibly be? Did he suggest some radical taking over of, of, of rights, of stripping of, of civil liberties? Did he say something so communist in nature that it offended all of those who swore to uphold the Constitution, the liberty and freedom, the ideology of Americanism that this country was founded on? It had to be that an elected official, a congressman, stood up on the floor and demanded communism. Had to be. Was it? I don't think it was. In fact, it was quite the opposite. His name is Tom Massey. And Tom Massey had the audacity to insist that when you're voting on the largest spending bill in world history of any government, $6.2 trillion, that, you know, those, those people that we pretend represent us, the Congress people, the ones who pass laws, who spend the money, that they vote on it and they address their name, where they're from, and their actual vote. So that as history proves this to be either good or bad, let's give them the benefit of the doubt. We all know, if you're listening to this show, you know that $6.2 trillion in magic money hit as a stimulus, disguised as a rescue package, meant to ignore the two previous rescue packages and the one they're cooking up behind it. Of course, it is a corporatist fraud. It has nothing to do with the virus. It has everything to do with more collectivism, with more solidifying, nationalizing businesses, working people. Because the reality is, there's 22 million people that work for federal, state, 
municipal government that aren't going to miss a day. There's contractors that have, 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 have their contracts with the government. They aren't going to miss a paycheck, a day, nothing. There's only a few of us that actually make the world go around, about one-third of us. The rest are on easy street. So this panic to wrap into a, a, a false sense of patriotism to distract you from the fact. Macbeth, I was doing a little research on the numbers. In 2000, when Bush was elected, the national debt was $5.6 trillion. You just passed a spending bill that's bigger than the national debt was when we as Republicans hired who we thought would be a conservative to get the debt under control. Now, you had a bunch of Republicans and Democrats, mainly Republicans in the Senate and the White House, push for it to be bigger. Without the concept, without the, without the parameters, without the, without the perspective to understand how could you possibly give $4 trillion to an entity that you were elected on a promise of auditing because we don't know what they're doing with the money. That's the thing a lot of people don't understand is that there's $2 trillion in the official stimulus package, right? The thing that they 2.2, let's not forget the point. Uh, okay, right. so it's two, but, but two out of six for easy numbers, yeah. right? The other four is going toward, what, quantitative easing and, and other Fed programs and stuff, right? This is, this is not really exactly um, coming back into the hands of taxpayers. And the Federal Reserve was something that the Republicans used. To unite the people who disagreed with the socialism, with the populism, with the with the outright corruption in the in those philosophies, in national populism. And you said and 2012 and 2016, we're going to audit the Fed. Not only aren't you going to audit them, you're going to give them endless money. Yeah. And it does something that I really find disturbing. And I have yet to hear anyone other than Tom Massey. Talk about this. $500 $500 billion has only the oversight of one man, and he is not elected. He spent his life as a Democrat, a money bundler for Barack Obama, riddled in scandal as recently as the year he was appointed. He looks a lot like Liza Minnelli in drag, Steve Mnuchin. He has the single one man has the absolute oversight. Yay or nay on $500 billion. Now, are you going to pretend we're a republic anymore? I'm just curious. You know, I wanted to do the whole thing where I said earlier, let's, let's remember the name Fabius Maximus. And then show the people how over time the plot of Fabius Maximus, who later started the, the ideology of Fabian socialism, was to lay in wait To let policies do the work for you. Let the failure of government do the work for you. So that one day, you could make one swift move. And take a society into a small collective socialism that the people will cheer in the beginning. And before they know it, have absolutely no freedom, no property rights, and no rights to their own possessions, even property that they acquired prior to the problem does that sound a lot like today well luxury items are theft so i don't really know what you uh what you what you're getting at there. do you know uh, I, i've been obsessed don't you, you don't you care for your for your neighbors and, Let, your, and your fellow man yes, don't sir. don't you think that their needs are more important than yours i'm sorry brother i'm gonna die an american <sighs> i, I even if, even if america dies before me well you which, know there's actually kind of a which it absolutely increasing chance of that every day in my opinion in my opinion, this is, a, this is an atrocity. 
and we could break down the statistics and we could I could jump on the bandwagon. And, and by the way, for me to come in here and do this, this isn't the way to go. This isn't going to get you a show, baby. I am literally what I think. I, I, I have listened to a lot of shows, a lot of TV, a lot of people who I formerly thought were conservatives. A lot of people who I thought, man, oh man, these are guys that are going to put the fight up for the ideology of America, that it, what it is. And I don't hear anybody saying, I understand there's a problem, but why have you just spent an obscene amount of money and collect and, and pushed the power into a smaller and smaller group and promoted statism overnight? No one's talking about the three previous bills that they passed to help with the money. Are you trying to inject reason and uh, responsibility into this? I am disgusted with the lack of pushback by people who claim to be Republicans, who claim to be XT Party. Oh. All of those, those Congress people, what the hell were you doing? Oh, what were they called? The Freedom Caucus? Yeah. What happened to those guys? Yeah, Tea Party. Not a one of them. Because in this bill. That's dead. Not popular anymore. They voted on a bill that they, they, didn't, they haven't read. And that's old news. We need a new angle. I don't think they've ever voted on a bill that they did read. What do you think about that? I, they, I'm not reading. If I were in Congress, I would abstain on most votes and just because i refuse to read 2000 pages of <laughs> i refuse to read 2000 I'm, I'm not reading it not no, only that take the, it back. the bill is fluid the the rules have ambiguity the spending will grow in this 6.2 trillion dollars oh yeah well we need discretion sean we need discretion so that we can be flexible with these programs everyone talks about the kennedy center and yeah. and and the ridiculous clip of trump on the defending, it. defending the kennedy They've been center hit very hard I mean, it's 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 amazing. Which, okay, fair enough. But so is everybody else. I'm not getting 25 million. Neither are you. Does my board work right now? Yeah, you're live. All right, let me hit it. Uh, both Republican and Democrat packages of the, the stimulus um, included $25 million worth of funding for the Kennedy Performance Arts Center yeah. here in Washington, D.C. Uh, shouldn't that money be going to masks, respirators? Well, I tell you what, I approved that. And I knew it was $35 million and we actually took off 10 Oh, he saved us 10 But I'm a fan of, of that, although I haven't spent t- time there because I'm far too busy. I'd love to go there evenings, but I'm too busy well, just so you're doing things. Just so you're a fan of the Kennedy Center. Now, okay, they, they were, they're going to be hit hard. People aren't going to go. We'll give them $25 million in, 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 in mob neighborhoods. They call that sprinkling the infield. That's how you keep your mouth shut. And that's all that money is to you. That twelve hundred, three thousand, five hundred for your kid. That's sprinkling the infield. So you take your eye off of what's going on with the Federal Reserve, with Steve Mnuchin, with the, that scoundrel, and now he's got a new title. Peter Navarro, another Democrat, lifelong Democrat, spoke at the, the DNC in ninety six, right here in downtown Chicago. Peter Navarro, fraud, low life, making up not just statistics in his in his book, but um, people who endorse it. He's now your national defense production coordinator. Ooh. Why don't we just, why don't we just call him the war czar? These are unelected people who are in charge of more economy than your elected officials have ever been. 312-642-5600. I've called you all here because I need some honest answers. This is the Liberty Hour. Here's your host, Sean Thompson, on AM560, The Answer. Everybody knows I always like when the callers call. You know I do. I got a little soft spot for the callers being one. And a lot of people say I should be one again. 312-642-5600. Listen, I know. How did you know what I said? I know that this isn't cheerleader radio. I know this is, and I'm not part of the group. But, you know, you have to know your faults, Macbeth. If, you know, if this were cheerleader radio, I would need to be significantly more appealing. My faults have always been always been one oh you mean two, ideological two, two things 
I'm stupid enough to be optimistic and I'm suspicious enough to never really trust people. And when you, you really focus that on, on politics, you're always optimistic when you hear a candidate, right? You're optimistic enough to think it'll work. And, you know, I know we're against the wall, but we could win if we just send fiscally conservative people who understand what the Constitution is, the Declaration of Independence, the ideology of Americanism. And then you watch something like this happen after we've actively been fighting it for 12 years that I could think of. And you want me to trust two former Democrats with power, the, the government, the Constitution, never intended on two people to have. And you want me to sit idly by. as you, It's not only the $25 million to the Kennedy Center. That's pittance. All of these bureaucracies, the Forest Bureau, the this bureau, their budgets just explode. This is written to expand their budgets. This isn't about COVID-19 or a national emergency. This is about padding the cushions. As if their derrieres didn't pad it enough. I'm sick. It's sickening to me. Your ADD is actually kind of impressive. It's so bad. Thank you. Thank you very much. Let's All go right. Let's call. go to Edward. Edward, thanks for calling the show. How are you, buddy? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just laughing now. Uh, yeah, sorry. Because uh, I'm still thinking about what I'm going to say. Uh, I, I was on hold listening to uh, Bruce's show, Bruce Dumont. Uh, you, you guys probably play that later on tonight. Yeah. And one of the guy's sons says he works for Blue Cross. He's an actuary, and they don't know how they're going to predict the uh, cost of uh, health care plans uh, in the future. Well, they're not going to have any health care costs. In this bill, it's going to pick up the tab for all this nonsense. Yep. If you listen to it, if it's related the insurance to companies aren't going to come. They're not going to pay $1, not like they ever really do. This bill is going to buffer all the costs for all of the morons such as myself and most of you who've been paying your insurance premiums. So I mean, it, the, how many housewives are going to get corporate crime in COVID, this bill? Yeah, how many housewives are going to get COVID-related uh, liposuction? Listen, there's a reason. In the next year, there's a reason CNN has an agenda, right? So they show you the world cases around the world, right. and they never mention there's 7.7 billion people in the world. Illinois, it's tragedy. Why One death is a tragedy. There's no question about it. 12 million people. New York, the highest concentration of people of any oh, city. 2008 numbers. It's ridiculous. Yeah, right. It's ridiculous. And here's the other thing, Edward. Did you know New York had 20,000 more hospital beds in the year 2000? And that through their own budget cuts, eliminated not only those hospital beds, but the staff and the people and the respirators. And now you're going to come crying to me? Get the hell out of here. Go in the game. Yeah, that's why they're all leaving these cities. Yeah, we don't want them running... Go downstairs and take apart his little custom car collection right. and him make the respirators rather than knuckling on their private companies and pretending they're not patriotic. He's Thank right. you for He's the call. That's why the professionals are leaving, uh, are leaving a lot of the, the city. You know, you see people with a lifetime of experience in Chicago or New York working at hospitals in Tucson or, or just starting up their own practices. I got to hear a J.B. Pritzker clip because I'm, oh, I'm, I'm really? talking about these idiot governors. I'm going to tell you All something, right. okay? The idea that Spritel doesn't have a beanie with a fan on it let alone he has the power to do what he's done to this state, which, by the way, McBath, I don't care what they say, how they lie, how they contort. History will prove that the reaction that these governments took was not only absolutely worthless and didn't do a thing that they said, and they profited from it, but the destruction that it causes and the ramifications to our lives, we're never going to recover from. I don't care. I'm not interested in free loans and all the poppycock. I'm talking about what you did, the justification you used, and the data you used to come to that conclusion. There isn't enough data to support these actions. And the data that is there 
it doesn't support your position. It still shows a 1% fatality rate. 1%. And that is if you took the world statistics into, into account. Yeah, may I be devil's advocate here for a moment? All right, go ahead. I mean, it's not a popular opinion. I'm so, not here with a popular opinion. It's easier all, for me to do the other. I'm going to start out with this. Nice try, Sean. Thank you. And then, uh, no, uh, the the uncertainty, right? The fact that we don't know is your point, right? But the fact that we don't know is also, I think, the reason people are scared of it, the reason people are overacting. Long gestation periods, they're saying now that this stuff can live on surfaces for 17 days, maybe... Uh-huh. Um, nobody believes any of the data coming out of China's like, oh, yeah, we're getting back to normal. We're opening up movie theaters and we're restricting, yeah. you know, okay, and China's nobody like nobody believes anything that comes out of China except when it supports their political point. So, um, but you know, but, it, but th- there's a lot not known and it's normal to get suspicious and fear the unknown. But I like to listen to people when they talk and these same politicians don't. who want to tell you how nervous they are for your safety and your health. These same politicians who say it's essential you stay away from from each other tell you if you have symptoms, don't leave your house. Right. Wouldn't it be if you really cared about the people, wouldn't you say if you have symptoms, contact somebody immediately so that we can help you? Yes, but if you have symptoms, then you've probably already been contagious for a week to a week and a half. So whoever you're living with has also been, they also need to be quarantined with you. Right. So that's that's why you're not supposed to leave your house. It's but just it one also, less person or one less place. It also to supports my earlier claim that the people in the know know you have a 99 percent chance of beating it. Of course, it. of course, and they're going to take advantage. You have a 99 percent chance of beating it. They're going to take advantage through the look drugs you have when, accessibility to. Yeah, look what they had. The, the they tried to get the the gun bans or, or uh, moratorium on gun purchases or whatever through in Champagne. It's just it has nothing to do with the crisis. It, it you know and and even your definition of crisis is debatable at this point, right? So, and, but to use people in convalescent homes who were infirmed right. anyway as scare tactics and pawns and yeah. weapons to support your overall agenda, well, it, it bothers me. Not only, but I I take care of somebody who's in an assisted living home. You and I talk about yeah. that regularly. Um, they they had those locked down well before any state action. Okay, they were not allowing me to go go visit her. Right. And stuff I'd have to drop off. Okay, I got a car full of groceries, put it on this cart, they wheel it up to her. I wasn't able to. Those people are fine, right? It's the old lady who lives in her house and still sort of walks down the street to Jewel or whatever and gets you know her bread and whatever three times a week like she's been doing for the last 57 years. Mm-hmm. That lady is in trouble, right? Somebody, if, if, you, if you're worried about your elderly relative, if they need groceries, don't let them go out and get it. There's, boom, there's one problem solved. Yeah, but you can't, you're go not get, supposed to go see them, right? But, well, but you go get groceries and, and, you, and you, bring, you, you put them in the living room and you walk away. They use the inevitability of death, which we all have. And the fear. That's the one thing we have in common. Don't forget the fear. Everybody's going to die. But here's the other thing. They, they, they try to take away the, the statistics of how likely you are to beat this and right. send you into a fear. And it's a tragedy. People will die yeah. from COVID-19. Of course. And they will die from the flu, and they will die from cancer, and your own specific individual health may have certain strengths and weaknesses that not everybody else has. Well, and it's not just that. Either. They replace it with a moral standard, right? So you, we're not going to give you all of, the, all of the actual specific facts in this, but what we, we are going to do is, and if, you see, if you're on Facebook at all this week, you've seen this. If you go out of your house, you're an evil person. It's... If you go to work, if you're exposing, if you're not necessary, if you're doing this, if you're going to get gas, you're evil, you're... They apply a moral standard. So yeah. now you're going to be responsible for somebody else's death. Now, maybe that's true. 
maybe you're sick and maybe you are responsible, but the idea of saying, okay, well, we're not going to take all of this information that could help you or could give you more informed decisions or, or really could, you know, maybe temper your fear. Uh, we're not going to do that. Instead, we're going to say, just you do this. And if you don't, you're a bad person. And the vast majority it doesn't get any more childish than that. And the vast majority of people that even contract it will beat it. It's not even close. Over 99%. Yeah. And the uh, the H1N1 numbers were horrific and we didn't have anywhere near this reaction. And the reason was because uh, H1N1 had come before. Now, here's the ironic thing. H1N1 came before in 1918 and worked and wiped out a quarter of the world's population. Yeah. So that's that. with that experience, we were comfortable enough to just sort of let it go by the wayside in 2007 or 2009 or whenever it is. You didn't hear about it. There was no. not this kind of panic. Because, because we weren't, and if you think about it, 2009, we weren't, um, we weren't twit-fueled like we are now. We weren't, we weren't living on social media and on our devices like we are now. We, we were kind of. You know what but I, we weren't, this is, this, is a, this is an absolutely social media-fueled thing. And you know what I'm having a hard time wrapping my head around? Lots of More things. people died from H1N1 in real time yeah. than right now with this COVID-19. Right. And it wasn't yeah, used not as an excuse to destroy our businesses, to, to control our lives, and to imprison us. I mean, are we still going to pretend when this is over that we're not socialists and that we're not subjects of the state when morons like J.B. Pritzker with his beanie and fan on it can tell us to shut down and lock us in the house? I, it, it is bizarro world, man. 312-642-5600. Now, back to the Liberty Hour. Call Sean now at 312-642-5600. You can take both instances, and to me, they're both an atrocity. Number one, government orders people to shut down business. Number two, government solution is to print, create $6.2 trillion, an amount that was larger than the national debt when George Bush was elected in one bill. Without the, the truthfulness to tell you, they have no idea how this will devastate our actual economy. Because if you think you could just print up $6.2 trillion and slip it out there, and add unicorns and lollipops and ice cream for everybody in the bill, and it doesn't show up in the future as taxation, you're an economic illiterate in the, at the best compliment I could give you. And an absolute and total well, it's not a moron all, without actually. principles or fundamentals. And you probably are some of the people who pretended to be Tea Party people. You probably are the ones who pretended to be aggravated when Barack Obama doubled the debt. Do you understand the kind of money we're talking about? And at the same, in the same bill that no one really knows what's in it because nobody read it, you don't have to pay your mortgage, you don't have to pay your cards, you don't have to pay your car loan. And your COVID-related health care expenses What does this do to the people who were fiscally responsible? You do remember some of them. I know somebody's got somebody in their life that paid their own bills and, and, and lived up to the obligation they promised to. I know there's at least three or four out there. Well, you come back to the same point of that guy who was talking to Elizabeth Warren about, you know, I paid my kids' college tuition. Are you going to give me a refund? Right? Be, because it's sort of the same. It's sort of not. Right? Because you have... You know, that was that was something of choosing to go to college. Nobody chose to get a pandemic uh, sweeping across the world, right? But you still have to think. 
What about the guy? What about me? Right? I haven't lost any income. God bless it. Right? Yeah. Thank God. You know, I'm blessed. You're giving everything. But I'm also not going to get any breaks. That's right. And here in this in this bill, the people who already are employed for government, who have never lost a penny, they're going to get a check. The drug addict going to get a check. Everybody gets a check. And is it a certain level of ignorance that we just think it's only going to? It'll, it'll it'll be okay. It'll all work out. Six point two trillion dollars. Max, thanks for calling the show. How are you? Good, good. How are you? Wonderful. A little aggravated about the six point two trillion. He's not wonderful. Yeah, I'm a little but, aggravated you know. about the whole thing. I'm aggravated about the lack of principles. I'm aggravated about the lack of understanding of does, is, is is government representing us, or, or, or is anyone pretending that we're being represented, or are we clear that we're all being ruled? Well, let's mask it. Max has his question. Go ahead, Max. Go. Well, I'm 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 pretty sure that uh, anyone who's paying attention would agree that we're being ruled, and uh, the the illusion of freedom is is all but gone in this country. Uh, it, it's just it's just an absolute joke. We we've achieved the nanny state that I think that uh, all the powers that be actually wanted. Max, I'm going to tell you a little something that why I'm so angry. Years and years ago, I used to call a radio show on a different station. One of the hosts is here. The other one is is retired, not voluntarily either. But anyway, um, and I got kind of invited to certain things. It was the beginning of the Tea Party. And I went to this Republican organization. And at the time, a bunch of these echelon, these higher echelon guys, who are now very prominent in Illinois Republican Party, we were having this conversation. and, And you know what they said to me? Do you really think people could be in control of their own life and their own finances. And I thought to myself, what kind of contempt do you have for your fellow man where you look at him as if he's too stupid to be free? And that is the ideological principle of all socialisms. Max, that's the point of it. They look at us like we're too stupid to make our own decisions, to run our own lives, but to keep our own property. This is what we're witnessing, and it's bipartisan. And it's sickening. And I don't care if they use a pandemic or if they use a war or whatever it is. We used to fight wars to strengthen that individuality and that freedom. You're now using a pandemic as an excuse to take over all of our lives, whether it's through debt or through your own order of stay in your house. And I can't believe it's my country. Well, if if I may make a point, I do agree with you, but I've been... I've had this saying for years, and it circles back to what you were previously talking about, um, about this save everyone at all costs mentality that everyone's adopted for whatever foolhardy reason. And it's that too much emergency medicine has now negated natural selection. We've got a lot of people out there that can't fend for themselves because that's the way the system was designed, and that's the way people wanted it. And maybe this virus isn't such a bad thing about getting some of them people out of the gym pool. I don't know if I want to go that far, Max. But here's what I will say. Here's what I will say. We make decisions in our lives to risk our lives through different things that we do, whether they be through work or through our choice. Life in itself is a risk. You choose to do that to, to, to better your situation in most cases. What you've done here to adults, to parents, to business people, is you've taken that choice away from them, and you've tried to buy them off with good intentions, with no thought of the consequences. 
and by using very little data to come to the conclusion that you have the right as a government to do it. I think it's absolutely wrong, Max, but I will say I love the fact you called the show. Thank you so much. 312-642-5600. We will be back after this. See you in Ukraine soon. You're listening to The Liberty Hour with Sean Thompson. Get on the line with Sean by calling 312-642-5600. I will get to you if you're on the line. By the way, 312-642-5600 if you want to be on the line. I never thought I would see so many people not question, so many Republican, conservative Republicans, so many ex-Tea Party guys, so many people who fought the idea of, of, of Barack Obama and, and the kind of control over the money and the spending and the pet projects and the corruption and the enriching his friends and all that. Just shut the hell up while this went on. I haven't heard one, not one national host on TV or radio say, uh, I got a question about the money. Uh, Tucker, I think, did something. Did he? But. You know, I'm, well, hot, I'm hot and cold with Tucker. I, I could try to pull it up for the second. I'm hot and cold with him, but if you notice, he resorts back to back to what Max and I were talking about. He resorts back to that collectivist Fabian socialism. See, this is what we were facing. We're facing the Fabian socialist, which is the one who is a little different. They promise to do a much better job at socialism with a little bit lighter hand, or the Lenin Marxist of the Democrat Party. And I've known this for years. You, you, we have a little inside joke here at the studio. When I say Fabian socialism, I think Keith somewhere has to do a shot, right? Isn't that the joke? But it's because I'm I'm shocked at how many, how much people don't know about Fabian socialism. It is it is originally from Europe. It is the the economic principle of of their economic school. It is the the precursor to Keynesianism. It is about the idea that the government really. It owns everything, and it kind of lets you pretend you lease it. And ultimately, when they want to, they take it from you. And if you don't believe that, go pay your property tax bill. And you know what's funny? The, the crest of Fabian socialism, it's a secret community here in America. You know what it is? It's a wolf in sheep's clothing, literally. Yeah. And they, they have a motto. They wait until the time is right. And when they move, they move big. And all I kept hearing by Republican hosts from coast to coast on radio and TV was we got to make it big. And I just kept thinking, how could no one see what's going on here? And then you turn over $500 billion to this fraud, Steve Mnuchin. I can't even look at his Liza Minnelli face anymore. (laughs) Or that little weasel, Peter Navarro, a career liar. And these are the two guys in charge? It's sickening to me. All right, let's go to the phones. Dave, thanks for calling the show. How are you, buddy? I'm most satisfactory. Just wondering... uh, what are you going to do, or what would you recommend people do with the uh, $1,200 that's coming your way? <laughs> Dave, I want you to frame it. And every time taxes go frame up, and when hyperinflation hits, and every time the ramifications in the destruction of your real estate values, in the destruction of the dollar, ironically, when that happens, see, see cycles, the velocity of money, ironically, moves fast and slow in areas. When it comes to the ramification of bad policy, it really takes o- over a decade. It'll take five, six, seven years before you start to see it. Yeah. So frame that check. And every time somebody talks 
about a Republican and selling you their version of socialism and Fabian socialism, I want you to look at that check and throw a dart at it. And by the time you're, you, you're so aggravated, you won't be able to make out a number. Because that $1,200, that check they're giving you, it isn't worth the paper they wrote it on. And so they did it. cleansing then. They did it themselves. The destruction of our That's economy necessary. is a self-inflicted wound. And the idea that, and you know this, Dave, you've been listening to talk radio, I'm guessing, for years. What happened, what happened to all the conservative hosts who used to say, stop spending the money? It's the spending, stupid. Remember all that? Exactly. Where are they? Yeah. And because of a flu? AWL. I'm sorry, brother. I think, I think they were able to pack a lot of failure in this epidemic, this pandemic. Thank you, Dave, for calling the show. Nick, thanks for calling. How are you, buddy? Okay, listen, this may be a stupid question, but uh, what, what, is right, of, what, <laughs> what is your assessment of Trump in all this? He knows. He's a smart man. He knows about the two people you're talking about. Well, well what, is his, uh, what is his goal? What is his so, uh, motive? You know what I'm going to say about Trump? He's a well-intended man. But if he was a smart man, those two people I mentioned wouldn't be in his cabinet. So he's a well-intended man. I think Donald Trump has always been well-intended. I think Donald Trump, however, has always been somebody who leveraged uh, 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 corrupt government, in my opinion. I think Donald Trump profited immensely from from using bank law to profit. And when he didn't want to, to, to walk away from debt. I've never had a high opinion of people who walk away from debt. Yeah. Whether I really don't. I'm yeah. going to tell you right now, Nick, you can't show me a promissory note on the planet that's attached to a loan that says you only have to pay me back if the asset you buy goes up in value. Right. You know, I think that the ideology that you you grew up with, the way you were raised about a man is a man of his word, and that supersedes everything. Those days are long gone, Nick. And now it's, you don't want to pay for it, don't pay for it. You know the right guy, you'll get the contract. See, I never, I never got that I got a guy thing that Chicagoans get. I never got that how you sat by and the whole damn city was run by mafia figures. With you, Well, you felt you were in on the crew because your cousin had a job on the street department. I always thought to myself, what kind of a man are you? And the answer is the common man. Yeah, I'm much more the Harry Truman type. I'm the right? outsider, brother, and that's why y'all be on the corner. There's no question about it. Yeah, that's... Uh, I'm watching this. I'm not going to give in to this nonsense. Right. The Harry Truman thing always always pops up when people talk about bankruptcy, right? So he owed a bunch of money from a failed business, and he decided, you know what? No, I'm not going to. I'm, I'm just going to keep working. He paid the guy and paid the guy and paid the guy. Paid the, eventually paid the guy off. It was like years and years later. And it's just that's, that's because he decided that, no, I, I said I would owe this money, and I owe this money. Bankruptcy that, happens. Like, that, that person doesn't exist anymore. Bankruptcy happens. Yeah. And it happens to dear friends of mine. It's, I've been down and out. <laughs> Two times gone, bro. That's different. Strategic default is for the scumbag. That's the difference. 312 642 5600. You're going to get used to wearing them chains after a while, Luke. But you never stop listening to them clinking. This is the Liberty Hour. Here's your host, Sean Thompson, on AM 560. The answer. The benefit of never watching sports. I don't miss anything. I was watching television this yeah. morning, my, my wife and I, and they had the, were playing the 2019 Golf Classic was on Channel 5. Yeah, I think they're playing, uh, they're Fox was sports. running the uh, 2016 World Series Game 7, where the Cubs won. Let them play. Instead of, instead of opening day, it's like, what? So Michael Jordan, 
you know, there was a time when I actually watched sports. Well, and, and yeah, and to fill everybody in during the break, you and I were yeah. talking about how there's no sports on, and I like to have something on in the background while I'm working. So I've yeah. been YouTubing up all of the old 90s Bulls NBA yeah. Finals games. I was at those games, kid. And we were talking about how it's different to watch them now because oh, we know I can't even watch just them. how dirty Sissies. the refs were fixing games and gambling on them and everything. And you got what uh, Tim uh, McDonough's book. There's a game. I think yes. that's his name, and and that, and so it's just it's and when you watch these now, you see Dick Bavetta making traveling calls, and you just go, oh man, I you know that he's he's trying to keep this game close so bad. I wasn't at the game, but that's there's terrible. a game uh, in the playoffs. Michael Jordan with the flu. Yeah, that was in Scores Utah. Scores like fifty points or yeah. some ridiculous amount of points. Yeah. And then uh, you know when they won in '96, uh, when he came back, yeah. it was his. He was back for that partial year in '95, and then in '96 they won the the first of the second threepeat. And that was on Father's Day. Maybe if Day. he had Corona, they well, would But that was on Father's Day. Yeah. And uh, that was, you know, he was sort of winning it for his dad because his dad had been murdered. So it was, you know, there's was, uh, was a lot of things you remember about those days. Is it too soon for Corona jokes? No, it's oh, never okay. too soon. I'm, I have a horrific sense of humor. Yeah. No. <laughs> Rob, thanks for calling the show. How are you, buddy? Hey, John, how are you? Wonderful, wonderful. Well, this this whole care package and the, that they're putting together and all these things, it's just, it's beyond belief. That, and you you had made reference to three or four people that are have character and have paid their own way and maybe if there's three or four then maybe that's you and me and maybe just a couple others because I sure as hell know I paid my way. You know what I find and, um, nauseating in this bill, Rob? There's there's a provision that if you use the money the way the government approves, they forgive it. So it's <laughs> literally it's it's literally a grant a payoff. Yeah. And you're not even who gets to decide. It's one guy, Steve Mnuchin. Well, who the hell elected Steve Mnuchin? Nobody. So well, you, Now, this is a guy who's riddled in scandal, brought up on charges of fraud with the Sears president, who was a hedge fund guy. This is a Goldman Sachs money bundler, singly largest raised money in New York for Barack Obama. This is the guy in charge. This, can anybody read? What the hell is going on? That's why when Massey said, let's at least put it on record, because we obviously can't stop it, Maybe down the road, people can say, what the hell did you vote for? I mean, it's just, it's crazy to me. Well, you look at, we've, <clears throat> we had 90, about 98% employment at our, in our business on Monday. As you watch the week progress in this conversation about this care bill and all these things progress, we had people that say, well, why would I go to work? They're going to pay me. Jeez. Just wait. Did you see, it was, it was Lindsey Graham who said that you're, they're going to make $1,000 a week on unemployment now. A thousand a yep. week on unemployment or nine hundred and thirty dollars. So Come on. So what is the motivation for them to go to work and this outrageous claim of three point two million unemployment? Because well, of course that's what they're going to get when everybody's uh, talking about this a bill that's going to give them a check and they're going to get a hundred percent and they're going to get this and they're going to get that. Because that's. And, and, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go, no, no. I was just going to say you you would be better to speak to this than I. When they print money, which is what they're going to have to do, your dollars and my dollars are worth less. Isn't that correct? Absolutely. It's, it's Econ 101. And, and, but here's the other thing. There's a plot afoot, as far as I'm concerned. And no that is no that is that the government is so in debt that it needs hyperinflation. 
I think they were yeah. curious to say, well, they were they were hiding so successful at hiding the propaganda of no inflation. Forget about the fact that people couldn't understand their insurance premiums inflated four hundred percent, or that a a, a a Chrysler is sixty five thousand. For some reason, people didn't want to look at inflation because the government wasn't telling them or the media wasn't saying we have inflation. They couldn't do it for themselves. But if you hyperinflate debt, you you accidentally make it easier to pay off. Forget the people. And why do politicians sell it? Because in all socialist society, you said accidentally. Politicians are gods in socialism. That's why they want it. 312-642-5600. But wait, there's more. Liberty in America is under assault. We no longer live in a reality that includes property rights. We're no longer the kings of our own castle. We no longer enjoy the true benefits of capitalism. Instead, we're negotiating our rights with our own government. This isn't how our country was founded. These aren't the ideas of our founders. It's time to seize back our country. This is the Liberty Hour where these important issues will be discussed for the sake of America's future. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Constitution in the other, here's your host, Sean Thompson. I gotta tell you, Nick, but I always forget we have this other hour. I get to relax. There's no need to rush. Take our time, stretch our legs a little bit. Yeah, I try to forget, and it uh, oh, never works. I'm mad we don't have eight hours, but uh, I always love when we get calls, especially... When they're callers who had jobs. And we have one on the line. Hey, I've got a job. You don't have a job. You have a job, too. I kind of have. I don't know. I, not after this week, I don't. You work for some jerk who owns a cigar company. <laughs> yeah, the real estate company. That's good. The bath that's coming in real estate prices oh, you, in these in states. You're in In these states, Illinois. I think, you know, inflation will always, you know, you'll be protected sure. in, in real estate historically. Sure. Only in good states, though. Well, Illinois. Yeah, only when there's worth. 50%. Ah, it's too bold. 50% is too bold. It is too bold. 20%. All right, let's go to a doctor, and a retired doctor. Dr. Rich. Doctor. Hi, how way, are you, Steve? Good, good. Uh, well, I'm Sean. Steve is the guy who oh, likes all this stuff. Oh, no, I no, no, that's keeping, okay. I am keeping, thank you, Rich. <laughs> time listener, thank you. first time listener, first time caller. I'm keeping that thank sound. Thank you, thank you, Rich. So go ahead. You want to go over some numbers with me? I like that. We know that flu kills about thirty to 50,000 every year in the U.S., and we know that the mortality rate is 0.001. That means that you've got about 45 million cases of flu. Let's simplify it. Let's say the flu season runs six months. So that means that you've got 7.5 million cases in a month. Now, this disease, COVID-19, is known to be two to two and a half times more communicable than is flu. So the numbers just don't add up. You've got 2,500 deaths. Let's just say we're one month in. So let's say that you've got one month in. You've got 15 million people who are affected. We haven't tested most of them because they're asymptomatic. You divide 15. You divide uh, 2,500 deaths by 15 million, and you get a death rate of 0.0002, about one-fifth right. as serious as flu. The, the, the numbers don't comport. In other words, if this is a more infectious disease than flu, 
we're going to have a lot more than at the end at the end of the season, the COVID season, of forty five million cases. But so we've only got twenty five hundred deaths. It's actually more diluted than the that. The emperor though, has no it? clothes here. Not it's actually more... is missing something. The disease, in my opinion, is probably truly more infectious than flu, but it's probably far less mortal. I think it's a genetic uh, answer. I think that a certain percentage of the people are susceptible. Let me give you an example. If you're taking a medicine called an ACE inhibitor, uh, a blood pressure pill, let's say like lisinopril, Mm -hmm. uh, your body will then crave to have angiotensin-converting enzyme, ACE, receptors in the bottom parts of their lungs. The anatomy of this virus is such that the attraction for those receptors is greater. So people who have underlying medical conditions and are taking medications for it are set up to be susceptible to serious complications from the disease. I don't think the numbers add up. You've got other countries like Italy... I got, I got a question, uh, Dr. Rich. There. Sure. It, so you, you talk about, you know, you're basing that on one month, right, that we're one month in, and it's actually more diluted than that, right, because we're actually about three months in, and then if you go into China, China was lying about it, so they're going back to, like, October, November that they've been dealing with it here. For something that is so communicable, it's really not affecting a high percentage of the people who are exposed to it, is it? That, that, that's, that's correct. You, you're, when they do an autopsy, and that, by that, I mean a scientific inquiry into what happened here. I think you'll find yeah, out this is a serious disease. It affects a lot of people, more so than the flu, but is probably less fatal than the flu, but is more specific to who it takes out than right. does flu. There's also a factor of medicine. That's what no one has have said. a low percentage just by looking at the cases that have been identified versus the deaths are the United States and Germany, which are considered without question to have the best medical systems in the world. Uh, Italy is known to have a poor medical system. The United Kingdom used to have a great medical system, but it started deteriorating years and years ago when they socialized because they drove out um, people who had higher earning expectations. They go to other countries now. So, so it's a multiple factor and, in addressing this, but I think that you're seeing a great overreaction by shutting down an economy that when all the costs are factored in, it's going to be $20 trillion. You're and, going to see us. Yeah. And, right now, we haven't really, we've monetized this debt by just printing $4 trillion. It's insane. But, what you're saying is that we need to print another $16. You're going to pay the price of that with right. either inflation or stagnation of the economy with stagflation. Yeah. And here's something They're that you said. They're not doing their science right. These emperors no. have no clothes on. That's true. And you said something that's very interesting to me, because the reality is not one person has mentioned the effect on people who may be on different drugs and how susceptible that makes them to this particular flu. And it would explain why nursing homes are being ravaged, because I cannot imagine there's someone in a nursing home who isn't on numerous prescriptions already. So there's a lot of things we don't know about the drug, and I have always said 
Dr. Rich, you can't use this kind of these statistics to change the trajectory of not just our economy, but the principles of our freedom. I, I am amazed at what we as American citizens and have and Illinois citizens have allowed government to do with very little questioning. I'm not hearing anyone question it. You think we're still citizens. It's adorable. Thank well, you. nobody questioned the emperor until a little girl pointed out he was naked. So, Dr. Rich, that was a Me Too moment. When did you sure. retire? I'm curious. About three or four years ago. I still consult, and I've consulted in the COVID epidemic. And the first thing I do is make sure that the patients that they're treating are not on any uh, ACE inhibitors or ACE blockers because that sets you up. That's why diabetics do poorly because they have a preponderance of their ACE receptors in their lower respiratory system. It's a complex disease. This disease evolved over millions of years until finally one day it mutated in probably a bat um, possibly even a pangolin and then was eaten by our friends in China. Um, you think that's what happened? Gonna, there's there's been a lot of conjecture. Culinary habits, but yeah. it's not a good idea. They will eat anything, boy. There's been a lot of conjecture. Uh, well, they get a lot of things right. There's a reason I mean, we all order it when we don't. When you we're lazy. see a bat who looks at it and says, "Gee, I wonder what that tastes Cat like." Catwoman. The hell's wrong with you people? So, <laughs> so he. We, there's a lot of people who have speculated that because they're uh, the Chinese, one of their main bioweapons and uh, and nerve uh, agent manufacturing facilities is right there in Wuhan province, right? Yeah. There's been a lot of suggestion and conjecture and conspiracy theory that. And with, with fair enough, okay, you know, it's a very yeah, big coincidence they made that it. this was engineered. Is there anything that would suggest to you? No, no, no it, this was not engineered. The, okay. the mutation that occurred on this occurred in areas that, uh, quite frankly, we're not capable of engineering. They don't have this shoes in half mutation. these areas. Wuhan, China doesn't have shoes. Half the well, people are walking around But the reason they do is because, you know, three-quarters of their national product goes to the cyber defense and building yeah. bioweapons, so, you know. To be fair, no. I, the, 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 this the, the, even they weren't as draconian as this. The the science will prove out that this was a uh, spontaneous natural. mutation. And isn't it true? Uh, isn't it true that we're, we're not able technically to do what this virus changed itself to do? Interesting. And there is a lot of success in treating this with already existing over-the-counter drugs. Isn't that true? Yeah, the the chloroquine is is probably effective along with the antibiotic uh, azithromycin, but the uh, AIDS drug, the uh, resipiridine, I'm saying it wrong, is probably more effective, but it's a more difficult drug to manufacture. It's a more expensive drug. Um, I I believe that the studies in New York within this coming week will start to show widespread use of drugs like hydrogen hydroxychloroquine and uh, azithromycin with maybe zinc added. Zinc potentiates zinc, sure. the entry into the cells where we need the drug to penetrate See? to stop viral Doctor, you made the segment very interesting, Dr. Rich. Please call again. I truly, really do appreciate it. And I told you, Macbeth, zinc was better than just for dating. That's, that's GHB you're thinking of. Oh. This is the Liberty Hour. 
Here's your host, Sean Thompson, on AM560, The Answer. Here we are broadcasting from Illinois in the Bank of America. Should we pretend like we're in bunkers at our houses like no. everybody else? I'm not going to sweat a virus. No, we're, we're at the studio, people. Yeah. Call us. I had you load this. Thanks but for I, talking I over the phone number. Good job. They all know the phone number by now. Three one two six four two fifty six hundred. If they don't know the phone number, it's on one of the labels on the Facebook stream that they oh. can see at the Sean from Elmwood Park Facebook page. See, that's why you're good at all that stuff. You're welcome. I had you load this clip. I'm still amazed by it. Question is on adoption of the motion. Those in favor say aye. aye. Those opposed say no. no. The ayes have Mr. it. Mr. Speaker. For what purposes, gentlemen, for uh, seek recognition? Mr. Speaker, I came here to make sure our republic doesn't die by unanimous consent in an empty chamber, and I request a recorded vote. Seems reasonable. A recorded vote is requested. Those favoring a recorded vote will rise and remain standing until counted. An insufficient number having risen, a recorded vote is refused. Mr. Speaker. Is the gentleman recognized? I object on the basis that a quorum is not present and make a point of order that a quorum is not present. The chair will count for a quorum. Counted for a quorum. A quick. quorum is present. The motion is adopted. And just like that, you spent $6.2 trillion. Well, that particularly was the 2.2 of it. But yes. No, that's the whole thing. Well, sort of. It, it clears regulations, but it still has to be... It, it, Trump still has to, because that's part he of the He signed it an hour later. Well, but it's not about signing it. It's about actually taking it in. But anyway, uh, the whole point of that is that this is this is not, okay, who was the Speaker of the House there? It was some guy from Maryland. It wasn't Nancy Pelosi. Why? Because there weren't very many people there, okay? I used to usher you, at my church when I was in high school, right? Yeah. I would usher. I'd go up in the balcony in the middle of the church service with the little stupid umpire clicker behind my back and go one, two, three, four, click, click. Yeah, click, this is click, all click, fascinating click, click, in your husky click. pants. Go ahead. Yeah, well, you know, I was wearing husky pants in those right, days because they didn't make relaxed yeah, fit you yet. still got them on. It's the go 90s. And, uh, no, they make relaxed fit now. And so I, I, you know, I, I don't see how he could have counted. <laughs> what, count. What's the quorum? What is it? Uh, 50%, uh, 50% of the house. So you need, uh, what is it, 435? So you need 218 people. There were, there were 14 people. There, there. there definitely were not 218 people in that room. And we'll never know exactly unless we look at the C-SPAN and, and, and count it up like uh, Madden with his Telestrator. So through unanimous consent, they passed the largest spending bill in history of the world. Yes, goodbye, Constitution. So now I'm looking, you know how I'm obsessed with the U.S. Uh, debt clock. And I'm looking at the U.S. debt clock, and I want to tell you something. All this propaganda nonsense that we were fed about the greatest economy in history, I'm talking about prior to this. Did you know that on this little ticker, it has the U.S. federal debt to GDP ratio? 1960, the U.S. federal debt to GDP ratio was at 53.07. 1980, these were the conservative years. 34.5%. 34.5%. 2,000, 58.5%. Right now, before this bill, 108.96% of the GDP. I mean, that's what they admit to. This doesn't factor in unfunded liabilities. So I know, I know it's not the rah-rah. 
I know I should bow down and we should take CNN stats and different versions and add our own little sauce of hyperbole. But to me, what it feels like, what it looks like, and what history will prove this stitch in time to be is the time that the death nail was sunk into the American ideology of freedom, liberty, capitalism. We are socialists now. And meanwhile, there is all the, no uh, way around it, man. All the supposed conservatives who rode the Tea Party wave and everything else are just, uh, you know, they're sitting there. They're doing their best Chevy Chase impression, right? They're sitting there going, "I was told there would be no math." And the this I, is this is just we're, we're just ignoring the numbers. And you've bought sectors off of the economy. You the, bought them off by making the United States government a, a, a Trevor a treasure trove of free money, and they're bragging how free it is. I, I actually might have a minutian. Uh, little clip. Uh, we also have economic imp- inc- impact payments. Sure. These will be within the next three weeks, direct payments into most people's deposit accounts. And for those that don't have it, uh, we will be having the, the checks in the 1933? mail. 1933? Which people? The people that are already working for the government? The people that are already on v- different versions of welfare? Or the hardworking people? Or the drug addicts? Well, not only that, but if you changed banks this year, uh, forget you, it's going to take five to seven weeks to get you a paper check. This is truly buckshot of socialism. <laughs> yeah. And what this will be used, this failure, and this is a failure, everything they're doing right now is just going to present itself as either, as if you've heard numerous too people little, say, too late, or it's inflation, FS. Or just absolute debt and destruction and failure. Yep. And in the meantime, this will be used as a weapon against your kids, your grandkids, and your great, great, great grandkids. Because this is an unbelievable amount of money. And you were propagandized and told by hosts and told by people you trusted as conservatives like Kudlow that it needed to be bigger. And they're bragging and they're showing you the inefficiency that is going to be delivered Small very shortly. Small business retention loans. What's this? What's this will cover roughly know, 50% of the private payroll in 50%. small businesses hmm. where we will immediately make loans that will supply eight weeks of, of salaries as long as they keep workers employed. So now I want to say something. Businesses. That's a I own, big commitment. I own three of them. Yeah. I don't want more debt. No. You're not helping me with more debt. Not even if you say to me, well, you it's going to be very low interest rates. But you know how you buy complacency? It's what he says after that. And overhead. And those loans will be forgiven at the end of the period as long as they keep workers employed. Uh, These are SBA loans, but... So they'll be given, they'll be forgiven at the end of the period as long as you say you kept your... So they're not loans at all. They're free money, right? They're they're grants. The same kind of socialism, the same kind of poppycock that we've made fun of socialist Democrats for promoting and selling for 30 years. Now, I used to. And you did it as Republicans. I used to own a business. I used to own two different types of businesses. And you've owned a few different types of businesses. How often do the needs of one of those businesses match the needs of another in, in another type of business? Right? How often? How often do all of the businesses you've ever been involved in have the exact same needs at the exact same time? They are going to be. They are going to put handcuffs exactly. on. They, they they could. We could actually have some sort of benefit from this mess. Right? It's it's all detriment you know, long term. But right now, you could actually make the best of what they're doing by being able to apply it to certain things. But then, oh no, I'm sorry. Then then you you know you're going to catch twenty two. Well, what about? And that's true. And everything you said is true. Yeah. But it, 
what about the chic- with the government. What about the chicanery that's going to happen? Chicanery. What, what about Watch the your people language, sir. who lie on the docks that obviously aren't going to be examined too well? Duh. What about the the moron who just happened to have four LLCs because he was trying to figure out a tax shill for any other income he had? Do those LLCs now qualify for business loans? Because are you just going to give loans? And based on what? Is there going to be any question? Or you just promise you're going to hire people and you're going to keep your jobs? And if you do hire a couple of your friends, let's pretend we're in Chicago. You hire a couple of your friends. You put them on the payroll. After eight weeks, they say, "Ah, you don't owe me anything. I get a question. So now the people without businesses subsidize the scumbags who lied. How many people is the Treasury Department going to have to hire and put on federal payrolls and give pensions in order to police um, or at least even even do minor, minor uh, sort of enforcement of, of you need to use this money a certain way in order to get. They're just going to take your word for it. You check a box on your on your return, yeah. and they're probably going to take your word for it. Or they're going to hire thousands of people. They're not going to do anything. There's of no that. way any of this works out well. First of all, how would you like to be a guy that was an investment banker oh, in Goldman Sachs with it. Steve Mnuchin right now? Forget it. How are you licking your chops, baby? Waiting for this guy who just got an unrestrained... He, he's not restrained on any level. No. He's not, he has no oversight. $500 billion. Powers. That's your grandkids' money. Yeah. How much of it's going to go to his pals? It's ridiculous to me. And I'm, I'm trying to clean it up because in my head I got all kinds of vulgarity going on. You understand? Yeah, this is I a hard thing for me. It's easy it for me. radiating through the glass. Because it's so obvious to me. It's so obvious. And then we'll go into, when we get back from the break, we're going to go into... The new czar, Peter Navarro, and how GM went from a very patriotic company who was going to work to create ventilators to a company that all of a sudden got to be hard to deal with. And then we invoke the power where a czar from Washington, Peter Navarro, is going to march down and tell GM, and by the way, there was a backhanded threat to Ford, that they're going to produce ventilators now. Yet nobody's talking about where are all the ventilators at that aren't being used. Why is there this press to nationalize co- companies and to socialize America? Can someone answer that? 312-642-5600. What's going on now is the single greatest scam in the history of American politics. Now, back to the Liberty Hour. Call Sean now at 312-642-5600. So you can't tell me that the snack cart is out. Then say, go on the microphone. You know, I got well, a thing for that snack cart. See, see, I needed to keep you focused yeah. for an hour and a half before you knew that. And, uh, yeah, usually our snack cart gets put away every day. I don't think our HR lady's going to be here tomorrow. So By the way, I'm having... Uh, left the snack cart out. So I, I can't go to the health club. They shut down the health club. Four people here during the day anyway. There's nobody even eating anything off the snack cart. So, I, I you know, my wife, we're... Uh, what do you do? You sit around, you watch your movies. All of a sudden, I'm a Democrat. Sit around, I watch, I watch movies, I wait for the government to tell me what kind of money they're going to give me. And uh, I don't really do anything, right? That's not really... Sometimes I will go check my inventory at the cigar house. I have a tendency to go do that. you were going to say email. I have a tendency to go do that. So I have a little health club, <laughs> a little a little workout area. I got a yeah. small house, but I got a little workout area, right? The problem is, Macbeth, the workout area I have, I have old weights that when I was really working out, so everything's like really heavy. And now gotcha. I'm old, man. I had the same problem. I got the curl bar. It's got 45-pound plates on it. Yeah. Next thing you know, I'm, I might get veins in my neck going. I mean, I'm either going to turn out really in shape if I continue, or I'm going to look like you when this is all over and I put the weights on. 
Well, but this is, see, here's the thing. I lift every day. Yeah, it's called getting out of bed. Um, but I've got a question. I actually do lift every day. Did you? I know. I know. But I'm, I'm using, see, I had the same problem. I came back from, a, from an injury. And I went right oh, back yeah. to the same weights there I was we doing go. a month yeah. before. Yeah, you got and, big glands, uh, too. All right, let me listen yeah, to the I had a downside. Listen to the Trump clip there, will you, Chubby? We have all sorts of things in for the workers, for families. Uh, but we have a, a tremendous paid sick leave provision. A what? For workers at uh, no cost at all to the employers. That's <laughs> uh, a big thing, no cost to the employers. We want to get everybody back working. Well, then who pays it? The employers don't pay it. Who pays for people who have sick leave? Do you see what the hell is going on here? Now, listen, I, I wanted him to win. I maybe, couldn't stand the idea of the Duchess of Chaffington. Maybe he just left a few words out, right? Maybe it was just <laughs> there's no cost for the workers or employers of this generation. Bernie Sanders might as well give the, the, the nomination to Bernie. Oh, yeah, to, he's to got Biden. no more platform. He's got nothing to run on. We did it all. How are you going to run? It's an election year. What are you going to run on? Socialism? Free money? Or how you guided us through troubled waters? I mean, I, I, there is virtually no difference in the practice of the Republican uh, Party and the ideology of the Democrat Party. Where is the difference? But here's the benefit of this pandemic preparation that we're going through. Because I, I think this will maybe if it comes back worse, it'll, it'll be it'll be worthy to, to live the way we're living. What this shows you is how little we need government schools. I'm dead serious about this, Macbeth. It proves two things. The only thing government schools are is a daycare center. That's all it is. So people could drop their kids off and have six hours a day to themselves. Well, some schools function as like a juvie. And I say this, yes, as a juvie. Okay, fine. That's a very good point. I say this as somebody with a kid in college, somebody with a kid in high school who put both kids through school, private school. You can do it, and I've been saying it all the time, you can do it online. Yeah. You don't need any of this stuff. And now maybe we can get the tuitions back to normal, but more importantly, we can break the back of that communist socialist teachers union. Because what the hell good are they? I think we're discovering just how many people... Are, are totally useless in everyday life. That's great. Because, you know, and by the way, somehow, right, all these people supposedly staying home, somehow there's still some Camry in front of me in the left lane doing 50. Well, that's because you're I, in Illinois. That guy needs to be, to, the, that's you know, you're in where are the predator drones yeah. when you need try, them? Try driving near Oak Park. Where there's, somehow there's a quarantine, there's a lockdown, yet the Priuses still can't make a right on red. I can't figure that out. But the reality is what this shows you is the teachers union who, by the way, those teachers are getting paid, baby. Of course they are. All those new contracts we just negotiated, paid, living large, and in charge. Shows you two things, how little you need them, and how important it is to tell your kid to go to work for the state. Because in a socialist country, you always want to be in on the state scam versus fighting it the way I do. It's much better off. There's 22 million direct employees for municipalities, counties, states, and federal that aren't missing a beat. It's only the small fraction of us that pretend we're entrepreneurs and capitalists that'll pay this cost. And as the Republican, the conservative Republican president just showed you, we got sick leave now, baby. Everything the, the Democrats have been, it's hard for me to get it out because it's been a platform of, of Democrats for 35 years. We just did it. I like how he had to come up with another way of saying free other than free. 
and to say, and this will be at no cost to those employers. Because Bernie Sanders would have just said, you're going to have free paid sick leave. And then the crowd would have gone crazy and some like 20-somethings would have had some espresso and tell they were going to vote and then forget because they didn't know what day it was. The destruction to the people who are capitalists, to the people who played by the rules of capitalism, by the rules of, uh, of economics, we just got the big cigar and not the good one like the ones I sell. Missed it by that much. We really are going to underwrite and pay for all of this. And newsflash, that's true of every penny of debt the government carries. Martha Stewart, or Martha Raddus asked one good question. She asked uh, uh, Larry Kudlow, how are you going to do this and not raise taxes in the future? Larry stuttered and then set a tagline that you'll hear all day on conservative radio tomorrow. 312-642-5600. You big cold-blooded dummy. You're listening to The Liberty Hour with Sean Thompson. Get on the line with Sean by calling 312-642-5600. I'm a capitalist, but I'm a conservative, but I'm a small government guy, but. Sounds like a lot of different types of buts. I believe in individual liberty, but. I mean, this is all I've been hearing. Right up until the $6.2 trillion, how you doing? And in the meantime, the skullduggery that's going to happen in this bill, we can't even fathom. Because we're so numb to the actual uh, magnitude of the numbers. Pretty good imagination, actually. I mean, this is going to be a big <laughs> payday for a lot of scumbags, well, of boy. Of course. That's and every, in the meantime... Every government bill is bad, right? So some $40 million bill, some $10 billion bill, those are bad. What's $2.2 trillion? That's not billion. Trillion dollars. For those of you math challenged out there, that's 1,000 billions. Yeah, 1,000. For each no, it's trillion. it's a million billion. So it's, it? it's, no, it's 2,200,000 2, billions. It's insane. That is truly insane. I mean, a billion gets you what? A good, uh, a good solid NFL stadium, right? It is so. So this is twenty two hundred thousand with virtually NFL stadiums. no oversight. When is the last time the government spent money wisely? Oh, jeez. I mean, it, it. They obviously overpay not just for the eight thousand dollar toilet seat that Nassau pretends. Well, the the two thousand nine stimulus hit a lot of shovel ready projects. Every one of these damn bills is a fraud. Yes. Everyone is a failure. And then they tell you. And you know what? There's enough morons out there that believe they paid it back. They paid back the money. Where'd they pay the money back? They didn't pay any money back. Well, you know what? To be fair, the the auto companies did repay their loans for the It's a math trick, man. Um, With, well, but they they did. But here's the thing the way they did that was by returning, they they were buying back their own stock. So it was advantageous to them, (laughs) you know? Here's the other thing. So there's that. But, uh, said this not just because you could pick your municipality and take a look at, at the vehicles they're driving around, right. the, whether it's the $85,000 squad vehicle SUV or the one that the guy drives around who pretends you need a permit for your windows and porch. They're paying right. top dollar for those vehicles. They are government municipal subsidized because they are doing the exact opposite of what a government is supposed to do instead of being frugal and getting us the best deal. Yeah. They're getting the worst deal so that the scumbag who owns the dealership could take them to the strip joint. Well, That's the real world. And, and to be fair, there are some good deals being had, but they're only being had on small scales, right? That's the opposite of what you would expect. You'd expect a city like Chicago to get a hell of a price 
from from Ford, who's making the 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 you know I don't mean to pick on I'm a Ford guy. I'm not picking on Ford, but they make the uh, the Taurus interceptors and the, and the Explorer interceptors down on and they make all of them down on yeah. Torrance Avenue there, uh. right? 130th, big old plant, right? They call it the Hegwish Assembly Plant, and and so you would think that Ford would be oh well. Chicago's going to order 2,500 vehicles from us over the next uh, year and a half. We're going to give them a hell of a deal. But no, because Chicago doesn't care. The city government does not care whether they get a good deal. And they're, and they're getting an even worse deal because they're financing that. They borrowed money to buy squad cars. And they're not even recycling oh, the old squad cars into exactly. building department cars and stuff like a municipality. With a normal small municipality, your old cop cars become your I plumbing keep, guy's car and everything, you know. I keep waiting for the American people to figure out that the socialism is in pain. It isn't working. And instead of demanding correction, you know what they're demanding? Just more cheese. They're demanding a percentage of the you ticket You bought price. off complacency with $1,200 per person. Yeah. You know, it reminds me of that old joke uh, about the prostitution where the girl says, I would never sleep with a guy for $1,000. 1100 Oh, She finds out the guy she's talking to is worth $10 million. Yeah. All of a sudden. She wants to figure out what he's doing next Saturday night. Yeah, good time for 20 bucks. Now that we've established what you are, we're just negotiating price. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what this bill did to the entire... Let's call in real quick. Here. Catherine, thank you so much for calling. How are you? Well, I'm trying to hang in here. I okay. When I listen to you on your show or others, uh, I'm not sure whether I should laugh or cry, Sean. Yes, <laughs> the answer is yes. So, I, I, listen, my wife said the same thing to me <laughs> on our wedding night, but go ahead. And every night since. <laughs> go ahead. Oh, man. Um Let's see. I, I was thinking as I was holding here, um, how just some of us callers and uh, you two over there can come up with such um, good reasoned arguments and discussion and decisions. And um, no matter what we do or say, uh, things just keep staying the same or getting worse. But um, what I what I called to say specifically about even, even as you talk about Liza Minnelli and uh, that situation, um, I read, I think, it's been a couple of weeks ago, I think that, that um, Dr. Fauci was a Hillary Clinton person. Do you, do you know anything about that? Well, he's, he's, lasted, like, he's lasted through the administrations, and the rumor is that he supported Hillary Clinton in her bid to be president, which most government employees do. A lot of people did both. You've got to understand, these government employees, they don't want to see somebody come in and cut their gravy train. No. So they have a tendency to support Democrats because Democrats promise to do what Republicans just did and strengthen government and grow government spending. So, you know, they're voting their own self-interest. The diabolical nature of socialism is it hides in a Trojan horse of compassion. It hides in this in this uh, ethic. Right. it, it, It pretends to be altruistic when the reality is. It is corrupt and self-enriching to the participants and the rulers in it. And no matter what we do, people don't learn. And you know what really set me off, Catherine, was to read Trump throw Ma- Trump says, throw Massey out of the Republican Party. And that's how I started the show. We had one politician, one congressman who asked that we do what the Constitution demands, and he is vilified. Yep. By the Republicans. Sickening. Catherine, these are strange days. At least we live through the good times, right? We could say, I remember when to our grandkids as they're wearing those socialist jumpsuits like Star Trek. At least I hope they're that good. 312 642 5600. Get fired.
is the Liberty Hour. Here's your host, Sean Thompson, on AM560, The Answer. I wanted to really kind of get in. We don't have a lot of time, but no, I we wanted to. Four minutes. We'll do it next time. But I really wanted to get into the kind of windfall this is for not just the insurance companies who will pay nothing of the premiums that they're paid to take risk. And they'll be subsidized for anything they have to pay out for. Be subsidized, but the pharmaceutical companies. Oh, man. Are you nuts? You know, it was interesting when we had the doctor that called in and just was talking about. The reality is we know so little about the people and the medication they were on that may have made them very susceptible to death Anyway, well, yeah, you in particular, you mentioned disease. ACE inhibitors and a couple other things, and it's it, it that's the sort of stuff that we're not going to know in time, no matter what. So, you know what we're going to do? We're going to do a little math lesson to the people. No, no, there. I was told there was going to be no math. Oh, there's going to be just a little math. All right, and I'm going to tell you how we I do object. it. Okay, so total cases in the United States. Let's just do it because I'm watching CNN, right? All right, total cases in the United States. Take your little calculator and you put in one three nine four five nine, and then. You divide it by total Americans, 330 million people. So 159, 359 divided by, divided 300, by 320 million. Gives you point zero 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 four two two six zero three. So about four ten thousandths of, <laughs> of the population hey, has, has been affected by this so far, but... To be fair, to be fair, let's be fair. All right, we don't know much about this no. thing. The things that we do know are tentative, at best, and there's sort of you know there there really is no way to tell how many people have been exposed to it. You see no. what's going on in New York now? They got somebody dying every nine and a half minutes or something like that. That could easily happen in any built up area if you're stupid. And here's the other thing: they in, had- in in Italy, they live ten people to a house, and I'm, I'm not trying to. St- Stereotype Italy. I went there. It was beautiful, but but they they live a lot of people in a house. Yeah, I'm Italian. So of course there was. Of course it threw like wildfire through there. Well, here's the other thing. That's not a surprise. It, it's 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 not giving you the perspective. There's no specificity in the people. There's no data. There's not enough data to do this. Right. But what we do know is the dumbest people among us are in charge. To be very clear, this virus doesn't care that you're bored and that you want to hang out with your (laughs) friends. It doesn't care that you don't believe that it's dangerous. The virus could care less if you think that I'm overreacting. I think you're overweight. It doesn't even matter if you need a donut. (laughs) I think you're overweight. He's, he's... And I don't take health advice those, those from shoes people are, built like a bowling pin. Those and shoes I'll tell you are underreacting. Yeah. I don't like this either. Your continued failure to abide by these life-saving orders will erase any progress that we have made over the past week in slowing the spread of this disease. And she may be right. It could lead to more deaths. She think? might be right, but here's the thing. It's, it's this whole, like, you didn't follow my orders, therefore you're evil. Who do you think you're talking to? Blow Who it out these your... two dimwits think they're talking? You talking to me? I'll do whatever the hell I want to do. How about you make suggestions as somebody we hired to do a job? How about you make suggestions and then we'll decide if your suggestions were good enough that you get to keep your job next yeah. time? How about I'll that? Tell you what, with the flu, you Clowns. bring little Lori Lightfoot. Come on the lawn and tell me I got to stay in my house. See how that works out. I'm going to invite her on for next week. It's ridiculous. I'm going to invite her on for next week, but in person only. But she has your best intentions. We, we're not allowed to have anybody in here anyway, but still. In the meantime. I can't help but notice, why are all the city workers go to work and aren't getting furloughed? Well, they're essential. Uh-huh. They're essential because if they're not working and earning the wage, then we'd have to pay them anyway. There is no So you might as well just work them. 
There is no government altruism. There is only policy failure and success. You think Mike on the north side uh, succumbed to uh, COVID-19? We haven't no, heard Mike's, from him in a while. Mike's one of those stubborn guys who got the job. and Did then you move just, him down to Florida? No, not yet. Okay. He, he probably got the job, and then he's one of those guys who thinks that he's going to go there and make other guys work, and he doesn't realize <laughs> those other guys got the jobs not to work. Yeah. So he's probably got a very frustrated existence, if I had to guess. But I will say the idea that we, are, we have succumbed to people who we wouldn't hire in our businesses now have the power to shut those businesses down, I'm taking very hard. Unfortunately, we're going to have to wait a week till we're back next week at the Liberty Hour. The extinct idea of liberty. I have to go home. I have to go home. I have to go home. I have to go home.